Welcome back to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is my uh, guest and, of course, my co-host, Martin Nunley. And we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right back into it and let's uh, let's continue. Thank you. Now, while all this has gone on, you said that at first when you were dealing with the abduction phenomena, you thought it was ghosts, like in at one point, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure, because uh, I, I heard a lot of people walking around at night <laughs> since I was little, and I always thought it was um <clears throat> that night uh that i fell out on my my bed um i thought i saw a demon because i what i saw had glowing red eyes almond shaped red eyes which now it makes sense you know what that was um but yeah not until they actually were letting me remember they started showing up physically like just blatantly that i uh realized that it was not ghosts the whole time. I was, I still had, you know, other experiences that were ghost stuff. Uh, but unless it was those guys, you know, not showing themselves, but still doing stuff. But I, like I said, I've seen different kinds of ghosts and I got pictures of uh, freaky crap. Like when I was on the Navajo reservation, um, I got dragged across a, a room by my ankle by nothing. Um, I got a picture of that same room that I was by myself in when I was walking out and uh, I accidentally took the picture. I didn't even take it on purpose. I was walking out and holding my tablet and I accidentally took the picture. When you look at the picture, you can see somebody sitting on the couch with like a bony arm throwing up a peace sign. And then to the left on the floor, what looks like a dead person coming out of the floor. You can see half of their head coming out of the floor. Um, Stuff like so where that. Can we go, just, where can we go and look at look at your pictures and read your stories? A lot of the stuff is on my my uh, YouTube channel, the Breaking Bigfoot. Uh, a lot, a lot of you can see the, the all the Bigfoot stuff. You for my uh, some of my UFO footage. Um, if you want to see like more stuff, just get me your your email uh, address or phone number. You're kind of breaking up there, uh, Jesus. Oh, no, I said that if you guys want to see, like, more pictures, I just, well, I already got your number, but if he wants to see some stuff, I just need his phone number or his email address. Yeah, I'll, I'll, send him I'll give it to you. Sure. Do, do you, do you, you said you like to be called, you go by Jesus, right? But some people just call you Jesus. Yeah, well, see, this is, this is the story behind that. Um, Growing up in the military as a Chicano, Mexican, American, whatever they want to call us, um, I was born on a military base, you know, so my, my, my grandparents, uh, they were from Chihuahua and they got nationalized. So, um, my parents, I guess they didn't want to like ruffle feathers. Uh, cause like I said, most of the time we were usually the only, uh, you know, Hispanic family, uh, in the whole base. And when I started going to school in the United States, um, I didn't, I didn't know that was my name. The schools said that my name was sacrilegious, uh, for me to have it. Uh, so they named me Jesse. So for a long, long time until I turned 16, I thought my name was Jesse. That was my name. 
until I got my driver's license and it said, you know, not Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> it said, and it literally said on there, not Jesse. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, and, which was Jesus. And that was my dad's name too. And he, but he went by Jesse. And that was my grandpa's uh, dad's name. It's, just, it's been in the family for a while. So I was all proud of my name, Jesus, you know, that's my real name. I'm all proud of it and started, you know, going by that name. But to my unfortunate uh, realization that only Spanish speakers could pronounce it correctly. Mm. Everybody else would say, Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) That just broke my heart. And uh, I started getting a lot of people telling, you know, uh, giving me crap about my name being that. So. I started working at a, as a manager at a flowers.com and, you know, in the 2000s, early 2000s. And whenever I, w- I would, uh, get a customer that was upset and they'd transfer to a manager and I would say, hello, this is Jesus. How can I help you? I got treated like crap most of the time by the people. Uh, once I changed it to, uh, Jesus, people thought it was funny and, you know, everybody would giggle and it, would, it helped a lot. So then I became an actor. And because my family called me Junior, you know, they didn't call me Jesse or nothing. It was, it was just the schools and stuff. But uh, I became an actor and I was like, I needed to think of a, something catchy because, you know, somebody going, hey, man, you seen that one movie where Jesus is in it? It's like, <laughs> right. And uh, so I was like, you know, I'm Jesus Junior. My dad's, you know, Jesus Senior. So I, I always tell people that can't pronounce my name correctly, say it in English. If you can't say it right in Spanish, you don't speak Spanish, say my name in English. We're speaking English, you know? And uh, so I was like, you know what? Jesus Jr. is way more catchy. And when I say Jesus Jr., a lot more people, less people get offended that my name is Jesus, you know? Regardless of what language we're speaking, it's the same name. It doesn't make it any less disrespectful to Jesus Christ, you know? I get that a lot. There's only one Jesus in my life. Yeah, you know? dude, th- you won't believe after after I announced on Tuesday um, that we that we were going to be recording with you, and I'd, I'd mentioned you briefly on the show. Dude, it wasn't five minutes after the show, and this lady messages me, and she's like, "I don't like that you're calling him Jesus if if he's a Latino. This is this is not a Hispanic woman, okay." Um, I think she's actually African American, but anyway, she, she was like, I don't like that. You're, you're, she's never been rude to me before, but she was pretty adamant and she knows who she is. And I, and no disrespect to you, ma'am. I'm, I appreciate you as a listener and as a person, but, um, I don't like being scolded. You know, it's not, I'm not a kid. I'm not, I'm not in, I'm not in middle school or high school. And I don't take that if any of my colleagues doing that or anybody in my life scolding me, they're not my parents. Um, and I don't even let my dad, I don't even talk to him. So he doesn't talk to me that way, but, uh, people, you know, they think it's okay to chastise you and kind of chide you whatever. And she was like, I don't think you need to be calling him that. And and I don't think he appreciates that. And I'm like, what? And so I messaged her back and I was like, okay, first of all, I was like, this is what I was told to call him. Okay. This is what he wants to be called. And so I'm going to call the man what his name is. It's it's just like you know, if you're Islamic, uh, Arabic, or whatever, they, and, and they go by Muhammad. It's the, the most widely used name in the world. Um, but there are a lot of, of Latinos or Hispanics that are named Jesus. And so yeah. 
Yeah, and and like you said, it sounds like they're saying "Hey Zeus," you know, which is just—it's almost like they're calling you Zeus and saying "Hey," um, but it's not—that's not your name. And so, it has got to be awkward too. You grew up being thinking that your name, you know, somebody says "Como te amo?" Oh, Jesse, and then they look at your driver's license. Oh, what? <laughs> you know, it's like you had to be like like you just thought that until you found out that it wasn't. That has to be hard, like. I, mean, oh, I was not. Uh, what's what the thing was like that upset? What upsets me is when I when I introduce myself to somebody in person, right? And I say hi, my you know, they say their names whatever, and I go hey, my name's Jesus. And right there in front of me, they'll tell me no, you're a Jesus. You're a Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like if you're gonna t- try to correct my name. Because the color of my skin, that's doubly messed up. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, it, it gets old real quick. My wife deals with that all the time because she'll, they'll, I'll come up in a conversation and she'll be referring to me as Jesus, you know? And they'll try to correct her. No, <laughs> you mean Jesus. Yeah, and that happened after I mentioned your name on my show. I couldn't believe how quickly it happened. I had kind of jokingly said it to uh, my nephew i was like you watch there my nephew my godson were in the studio last night i said somebody's gonna go oh his name is jesus not you know whatever and i even i i I honestly thought it would be like a a hispanic person that would do it and they would correct me even though i'm you know part hispanic whatever and i know it's my culture you know i knew that they were going to try to correct me like i'm some baboso over here you know i don't know how to you know like (laughs) But I was just like, watch, I'm going to say his name and I give it a day or two. Somebody, it wasn't even a day. It didn't even, didn't even get that far. I was like looking at my emails like five minutes after that. And she, this woman's already getting on to me. And then it happened again today. Somebody was like saying they, 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 they did the little apostrophe. They're trying to tell me that this is, they, they this was a, this actually was a Hispanic woman. And she was actually trying to tell me how to say your name and, and tell, and then she sent a voice uh, recording thing, which I just deleted it. I was like, I don't need to hear you pr- pronunciate his name. I know the situation. You don't. And so just leave me alone. And so that was, that was, I just wanted to clear that up. That's why we are calling you Jesus, because that's your name. And and even if you were to say, Jesus, that is still <laughs> Jesus in Spanish, you know? And yeah. it's funny because like when I was, I was hanging out with my uncle Jaime and uh, it's funny when you were telling the story about the throwing the rock. I'll tell you a really quick funny story, uh, Bart. I don't think I've ever told you this one, but I did the same thing to my, to my uncle Jaime mean, that, that that Jesus did to to, to the Bigfoot. We, me and my my friends, as we would say in Spanish, my carnal, we were hanging out right, and, and we were like in the backyard, and we heard something. Um, this is in the middle of a, a suburban neighborhood, right, where my mom used to live, right, and so she 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 had gotten a good job. She moved up in the world before she passed away. She was, you know, she was, uh, she was successful. And, uh, so we were living in a, in a, in a predominantly Caucasian neighborhood and there was somebody moving around by the fence line, but there had been a few break-ins. And so one of my homeboys was like, he goes, man, he goes, uh, there's probably somebody over there trying to break in, you know, whatever, you know? And I was like, well, this is a nice neighborhood. And he goes, yeah, it don't matter. 
He goes, these these uh these these homeboys are coming to this hood to, to break in because there's this is where y'all got the nice stuff, you know. And so we were making a joke about it. And I said, well, throw a rock over there, man. Hit that fool, man. You know? So we were playing around and uh we we had like this gravel in the backyard where where my mom had had somebody kind of do a little bit of landscaping and we started picking up rocks and chunking them where we thought this possible intruder was coming from in the in between the fences in the backyard. And then I, I I bounced one like just right off the top of the fence and I heard uh somebody yell and I thought, what the heck? And then I, I was like, deal. <laughs> He was like, yeah, it's me, Jaime. He was like, what are you doing? I was like, dude, we thought you were like a meth head or something, you know, like, or somebody trying to break in, stealing stuff or whatever, <laughs> or a crackhead. You know, we didn't know what you were doing. We're like, we didn't know it was you. And he's like, oh, you freaking, you know, pendejos, you're throwing rocks at me, man. And I said, dude, so he came through the back. I said, you never come through the back, man. You always go through the front door, man. Why are you in the backyard creeping around? And he was like, well, I didn't know I was going to be having rocks thrown at me, man. And I was like, well, you know, sorry. But I, I thought about that when you said that. And I was like, that's that's funny because that was a story that, like, I thought, man. And then you hit you hit them, and then they're like, hey, it's me, tío, you know, <laughs> after you hit them. <laughs> but uh, that happened to us, man. But, but fortunately for us, we didn't hit him, and it wasn't Bigfoot. It was just him. I think he's got a, a medium-sized foot. But anyway, I thought that was funny. And, and so – it, it, but back to what you were saying though, like we were talking about like your name and, and how that breaks down. It's, it's really weird because I remember one time when I was a kid and I'm in my uncle, Frank, uh, was very, very dark skinned Hispanic. Um, kind of like my nephew, Anthony, he's, they're very dark skinned. There's like this, the thing in my family where there's two kinds of people, these, they look almost wet, like Weddles. And then they look very dark, you know, they're very so there's like two two sides, you know what I mean? On my mom's side, there's this my mom was very light-skinned, but her sister was very dark and her brother was very dark. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And then my Aunt Jovita is very light. So anyway, Frank was, was a jokester, you know, and he passed away earlier this year, but he was ex-Marine and he didn't take no crap. He was a prison guard for years. And so Frank, you know, uh, you know, he answered the door. Uh, Pancho, we call him Pancho. We joke, you know, what I always call him Pancho Villa, you know, and, and I'd say, Pancho, the door, somebody's knocking on the door, you know, and he goes, I'll go get it, whatever, you know, and I was playing video games and whatever, and, and with his, uh, with my cousin. And so, so he goes to the door, and I hear these people talking, and I just hear the, I hear him say something really, you know, uh, derogatory in Spanish. I'm not going to repeat it. And then he slammed the door, and he comes back in the living room, and he throws two watchtowers. <laughs> on the freaking coffee table and he goes apparently jesus loves me <laughs> i was just like what the heck and i was like what because i was like a young you know like maybe 14 or something and and i go what do you mean jesus loves you he goes i don't know these two alleles just came and they they told me that, that to read this because jesus lo loves me <laughs> he goes he goes i told them they better not be spreading no rumors and i just slammed the door in their face 
He goes, because my homeboy wow. Jesus lives down the street, but I didn't know that he was like that. And we started laughing because it was like, you know, and they were very persistent. Like they came back, you know, like I think another day. And uh, I'm pretty sure my, my uncle probably pulled out the Bible and began arguing with them about it because he loved to argue with people. Um, but that that's funny because like they, they thought that, oh, you know, we'll we'll go to the Latino neighborhood and convert people to Jehovah's Witness by you know, witnessing to them because that's what they do. They're, they're Jehovah's Witnesses and they will go and try to speak uh, Spanish to, to the Hispanic people. Whether you're Mexican-American or not, when we were younger, they would always do that. They would see that you were a darker-skinned person and they would just start speaking Spanish to you or trying to. Um, and it was funny because they would always say, Jesus, you know, and I'm going like, okay, you can call him Jesus because that's what we call Jesus Christ, you know, we don't just go around calling him Jesus, you know, it's more like a uh, a name that's given to Hispanic children. And one of my friends growing up's name was Jesus Lopez. But that's just funny, you know, like I just I just think about that and I thought, you know, it didn't take even 5 minutes for somebody to try to correct me and then to, again today somebody was trying to correct me on the way I said your name. And I was like, look, that's how he that's how he pronounces it. That's how we're going to pronounce it, you know. But uh, moving on to the uh, what you were talking about when we when we had the, the long conversation the other night, uh, you have actually had a witness. You were a witness to a dogman encounter, and then you told me another story that was quite interesting. And I wanted Barton to hear this one too, um, where you were talking about uh, a dogman doing something quite unusual, but not unheard of. Uh, did you want to get into that? Talk, tell us about that. Sure. So. Um, that same friend that we got, that was with me when I threw the rock, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's Michael Carrillo and his father, uh, owned a pecan farm. You mean you know? Miguel? Oh yeah. Miguel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, uh, he, it was, you know, for the, like a week, every night, um, the dogs were, were, uh, losing their minds. Something was out there in the pecan trees in the orchard, uh, freaking them out and upsetting them. They just wouldn't shut up. And so finally, after all these days of that happening or nights, uh, the dad told the, the boys, take the spotlight, go out there, see what the hell's going on. So they went out into the, the pecan orchard with their spotlight and they got, you know, to the middle of it, you could say, uh, where they saw, the dog man, they called it a werewolf, uh, was about over seven feet tall, stand, you know, reaching up into the pecan trees, taking pecans and eating them. <clears throat> and they freaked out and they ran back to the house. And the dad came out with a shotgun and uh, it was gone. What do you think of that, Barton? Hmm. Well, it's, it's interesting, man. So you think that, you know, these eight to ten foot tall uh, creatures or flesh and blood they would be eating everything right mm-hmm. yep. and I've heard stories of them uh, stripping fruit trees uh, overnight but when yep. it comes to other things you know that they don't eat it all like the, like the uh, the animals that they kill uh, it seems to me from my own experience that they're only interested in the, the soft tissue which would be the entrails and the eyes and the tongues of the creatures and they leave the meat just laying there well, leave the dead carcass laying there I had a, a Bigfoot rip off a hind leg of a horse 
Oh. Yeah, it was uh, that footage I got in uh, the Navajo reservation uh, of the Bigfoot walking across the field. Uh, when I uh, took off to go after it, you know, I in between where I was and it was, uh, there was a house and this guy's dogs were freaking out because I was walking, you know, by. And he came out and I told him, what, you know, what I just saw. And he, he said, oh, yeah, they're all out here. They don't run around. The hairy boys. And he said, yeah, just the other day, he was, um, yesterday, he was the, one of my neighbors down the way uh, said he found his horse dead uh, with its hind leg ripped off. And, uh, yeah, a bunch of houses that have been abandoned over there because there was a, the Bigfoots did not like them in that territory at all. So they were like really uh, very, very uh, mean ones on that side of the ranch. <laughs> You know, and then right. on the other side, there was a, a lot, a, a different group of them that were really, they weren't mean. They were fun. They were way more, they're like funny. Uh, yeah, it was a trip. Martin, but all the, the what are you, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just saying all the, it was just like a normal thing on that res to talking about Bigfoot. It was just like talking about the local, you know, dog that runs down the street, you know, after your car, you know, from the mailbox, you know, it wasn't anything weird. It was just, oh, yeah, the Harry boys, yeah, stole my damn watermelons again, you know. <laughs> it was just, it was a trip. Sorry. Th that that Sorry. happens quite a bit, too, like when you get, like in Rio Doso, you know, there's the, uh, there's a Mescalera reservation there. And I, I talked to one of the locals there at the Walmart, of all places. We were sitting there, and he had a Bigfoot sticker on the back of his car. Um, and so we struck up a conversation with him, me and my nephew. And he he was from the reservation. He was real cool, man. He had real long hair, real cool dude. He was kind of a, he, I, I thought he just – he almost looked like a Hispanic hippie. <laughs> like, we started talking to him. And I said, oh, you're a Bigfoot guy. And he's like, yeah, I am. I was like, yeah. I was like oh, cool. And uh, he saw my Texas plates, and he's like, "Where y'all? What are y'all doing in town? Where are you from? What part of Texas?" And he said, "I used to live in. I think he said he used to live in uh, Abilene for a little while. He dated a girl, whatever." And so we we started talking, being real friendly. And I said, "Well, we're from Austin, you know. And we were just passing through. We were in Roswell, and we decided to come out here to do a little gambling. And uh, we're with my wife. She's back at the hotel." And um, me and my nephew were pumping gas, and so we're sitting there talking, and and he was very you know, open with us. And I said, so you're uh, in, the, in the Sasquatch. And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, they're all over the place up here. And he's talking about, you know, that Redoso, that area. He goes, and I, I, well, I, I actually initiated this. And I said, well, what do you think about the, uh, the others? He didn't even bat an eye. It wasn't like he kind of paused and thought about it. He goes, what do you mean, like the, uh, the other ones that walk on two legs? And I was like, yeah, like the, um, you know. And I, before I could say it, he kind of put his, his finger up to his mouth. And he goes, we're not supposed to talk about that. And he kind of smiled real big. And he goes, but I know what you're talking about. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, they look like uh, wolves. Or he goes, and then he goes, or deer. And I said, yeah. And he was basically talking about skinwalkers. And he knew yeah. that that's what I was referring to. And he said that he goes, they're here too. He's like, they're here too. Yep. He goes, they're up in these hills, man. He goes, be real careful, dude. He and. So I, I kind of went over to his side where we were talking, and I said, what do you – I mean, I said, I know you're not supposed to talk about it. You know, it's a super, kind of a superstitious thing. I was like, my mom's uh, Hispanic, and my mom and them would always talk about, don't talk about the the the, the carajo or the hambre lobo or la llorona. You know, don't talk about the cucuy. Don't talk about all this and that, you know, la chusa, because you talk it up. If you talk about it, 
you bring it up. So I told, I explained that to him. I said, that's very prominent in my culture too. And then he, he was real open and he goes, he goes, I'm not real superstitious about it. He goes, I believe in it. I know it's there. He goes, but there are people in our, in our tribe that don't, they don't want you talking about it. And if, if, if the elders in particular, the older generation, he goes, they get upset. He goes, my mother doesn't like it if we ever talk about that because he claimed that they had one in his family from generations back that was like, you know, his great grandfather. Um, and he was a younger, he was a younger guy than me, but he was real cool, you know? And he was talking about, um, how they were up in the Hills one time and they were looking for peyote and, uh, he, the button basically, you know, and he was good and that, that, that they could find it sometimes out there. And, uh, so we started talking about, it. I don't know if that's true or not. I've never looked for that. You know, I've never, you know, um, when I did peyote one time, it was with a ute. And so I, I don't know anything about their traditions or beliefs. I'm not going to pretend to when it comes to the Navajo as far as their taking of the button. But he claims that one of the people that was in his lineage would take the button and shapeshift. Um, not just like, you know, metaphorically, like he would actually do it for real, like shapeshift. And that was the one, the one of the doorways was through taking of the button because it allowed your 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 mind to flow freely and the spirit would take over and transform your flesh. And we got into this kind of weird conversation, you know, and we sat there for probably 20, 30 minutes talking. And it was it was uh enlightening when he started talking to me about it. And I was sitting there listening to this guy. And and then I look over and my nephew's like half asleep, you know, I said, well, I'm gonna head out because my nephew's like really he looks like he's beat, you know. And uh, so we're sitting there talking and, and I just, it was a very interesting conversation and I didn't even think to get his contact information, you know, cause we had been traveling we were, I was really tired. And, um, then later I was talking to my wife about it and I was like, what do you think about, you know, this? And she's like, you know, it's pretty much a given, you know, that anywhere near these reservations, there's going to be these creatures, you know, and they, that, which makes me think that they are of an etheric nature because, they tend to gravitate toward these areas. And it always seems like when it comes to the hairy ones or, you know, the, the, whatever, you know, the forest people, whatever you want to call them, that the natives call them without fail, they consider them to be metaphysical, but they always, they, they always say that there's two different kinds. There's one that's just kind of there. It doesn't really bother you. Not necessarily good, but they won't bother you but they may steal or something like that. But there's another one that's, there's always one that's evil and they tend to have like the red eyes. Um, they talk about them as having red glowing eyes and just being completely malicious to the point where they'll attack your livestock and they'll kill you. And they don't want to talk about it. A lot of times, you know, with outsiders, unless you ingratiate yourself somehow into their culture. And that's, that's their, you know, I respect that, you know, and like at, up there in Rio Doso, you can't just drive onto the reservation. There's a sign right there that says reservation only. You're only allowed to go up there if you're a guest of somebody um, and it's, it's, it's their land and they don't, you know, they're, they're pretty uh, cool. You know, like I've met a few of them, at, you know, that worked at the casino and I talked to them and, and I spent some time at the end of the mountain gods. A few, a few different times I've been up there um, even making friends with a blackjack dealer. And I did the same thing at, at the Choctaw, you know, with, with, with those, uh, um, uh, people up at the Choctaw reservation too. I made friends with a guy who was a tribal uh, elder and uh, he was a, a, yeah. a police officer. I'm sorry. 
Um, and, and so we, we got to know each other and he was giving me some stories about some stuff that had happened near Lake Texoma. And, uh, it's the same thing, you know, like they, he said the same thing. He's like on one side of the lake, there is a type of squatch and he called them squatch. He said that they're, they're just there, you know, they're just there. But then there's another type. He goes that they will kill you. And he goes, they'll eat your eyes and your tongue uh, your genitals, <laughs> like he was very, you know, graphic about it. And he was telling me and Scorpion and my nephew about it. And we were just like, whoa. Um, and then he talked to, he gave us a skinwalker story, which, you know, w- what you said, Barton is, is, is very interesting how they strip trees of their fruit. And it's hard to imagine like why a dog man, which would, would be a canid predator, a dog isn't going to, like my dog, one of my dogs, she'll eat gummy bears and whatever you give her because she sees you eating it. But what is the precedent wow. for a, a dog man to eat that? You know, if, if it's a learned behavior, like the, if this was a physical flesh and blood creature that's just that way all the time, how does it learn to eat like that? Because it, that goes against every bit of its natural, if it's nature. They are not omnivores. They are predators. They are carnivores. And they hunt meat prey they they don't and so it's very weird that they would just eat the guts and and tongue and eyes and stuff uh and and that's what the the bigfoot were doing too i mean it was just, it's the same thing um but why would they do that it doesn't make any sense if they're built for being predators then why are they just why are they eating grapes uh why are they eating watermelons why are they cuz dogman does it too why is dogman eating yeah. strawberries apples yeah dogman's eating pecans like i don't doubt that that story's uh correct i mean what is your opinion on that jesus what's your what's your opinion on that man so my opinion on that is that the dogmen are not exactly what we think they are yes they are canines but I think they're uh, an, a, a different version of canines than we uh, understand as just like when people think Bigfoot's just a big old monkey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we know Bigfoots are omnivores, you know? Yeah, they're, they're uh, they like. And the thing is, though, if you go back in history uh, and, you know, research the, the dog man throughout history and to where they were uh, not a – where they didn't have to hide. They, they're, they had their whole groups of people, you know, of their uh, civilization out in the open. Uh, saint was it Saint Christopher? Oh, about the detected uh, as a mm-hmm. dog-headed saint. Yeah, so the, it, it wasn't just a one-time fluke with him. He actually came from a tribe of dogmen, you know, and uh, these individuals they could speak, uh, but they would, I guess, they would, when they spoke, they would uh, uh, always ended in a bark like a, a yipe, you know, type situation. And they, they were close. Some of them didn't. Some of them were close. Uh, some of them loved drinking wine. Some of, you know what I mean? So I think that, you know, same thing with the Bigfoots that we're dealing with. We're dealing with two species that have been pushed into uh, isolation uh, to an extent. They keep them popping up everywhere. But, uh, yeah, they're, 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 like I said, until we actually get to sit down with them, we're just guessing. We're just, uh, you know, using what evidence there is, what reports have been given. So that, that's that's what I think. It's like I can't. These creatures are not the normal 
creatures. There's so much more to them and uh, their ability to consume uh, more than just one specific thing, I think, is uh, how they were designed differently from our average canines. And, and your and your encounter, what what uh, tell us about your encounter? It was quick. Um, we had been out uh, filming well, my first Bigfoot, you know, um, video uh, documentary called Tule Creek Bigfoot, and I was, you know, I, I'm in the film and stuff, so I wanted to to make it cool, you know. Um, I was just getting into editing, learning how to edit film. And not special effects, just editing film, you know, normal. And at the very end, I wanted to do a let's go light a little fire in my backyard, you know, sit on our wood stumps and let's talk about what we've seen today and what we've, you know, what happened today. And um, that's what we're doing. We're sitting out there talking about all that. And right behind, like by me, by the fire, we, you know, the, there's mesquite bushes around. Um, yeah, I just we heard we heard running, and it just like ran right by us. And it and it looked like a a werewolf. Yeah, it didn't look like a bigfoot at all. It had a long a long uh, muzzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very tall, and it had the ears like you were describing. You know, it had the ears. I have a picture of what I think it's a bigfoot, but it has it looks like it has pointy ears, so it might not be a bigfoot. But I do have a picture of, of that that I'll, I'll send you, you know, later. But yeah, and it has a little, a little one behind it, like a little dog man or a little Bigfoot. But in the face, it doesn't have a. It looks like a flat face, you know, just like a normal like furry. Uh, but yeah, very normal face. But it looks like it has pointy, pointy ears. It's a trip. That is a trip because it's it's like a flat face with the pointy ears. I have a I have a story. I don't know what you guys think of this, but my friend, uh, one of my friends, who he owns a, a restaurant bar here in Austin. Well, he owns a couple, and then he owns another one in San Marcos, another one in Sister, and he's got a little empire going. But he's a really good friend of mine, and I've known him for years, and he's always stood by his dogman encounter, um, which he called a werewolf, and he's had two two different encounters with 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 something. Um, but, but they were both different. One of them looked more like, uh, um, I want to say just like a, like a werewolf, I guess. And the other one looked more like what people would think of as a, uh, part man, part wolf type thing. I don't know how that, like the legs were backward bent and then it was down eating something, but it looked like the way he described it was like a werewolf in mid transformation. It, its ears were starting to point, but its face was kind of flat. It was just weird. Yeah. It was a bizarre encounter. And then I, I had another uh, guy who told me a story, um, and this one was uh, it was just it was very similar to to his, to my friend Arash's original encounter, except when this person's in both. It, it's weird because both of their encounters happened out in West Texas. Um, one, I believe was in, it was near Amarillo and the, and that wasn't our ashes, was the other guy. And so this guy, I think his name was, Ch- uh, well, they call him Chuck, but anyway, and that's, that's his real name is something else, but they call him Chuck, Chucky, whatever. He was telling me though, that when his dad went outside, that this thing was crawling on the side of the house 
and its tail looked like a cat's tail. But it had pointy ears at the top, but its face wasn't really, uh, the muzzle wasn't real pronounced. And I thought, cat cat person? You know? Um, he thinks it might even was a dog man after he did research. He said that had to be a dog man. But yet it looked kind of feline-like, like a black upright feline. And whereas our ashes encounter, when his dad went outside and saw it, it looked just like a werewolf. Um, and that's going to be my book. The other encounter, I don't know if I'm going to put it in the dog man book because it's a feline, but, um, if there was more to it and, and I knew a hundred percent that it was a dog man, um, and then, cause he had a few other things happen. I would just put it all together in one big, you know, soup and put it in there because I think that that needs to be told when someone has more than one thing going on. I think it's important that people, you know, cause, um, I, I just, like I said, I'm a big believer in telling the whole story. Like people, you know, if they came and interviewed you, you could get 12 different people to break down each one of your encounters and put it in a separate book. But right. in each one of those books, they should mention too, that you've had other, uh, encounters because the, the, the reader, the audience or the listener, when you're doing the interviews or the, whatever it is, they're not getting the full scope of it and they're not really understanding. It's like, why has this guy seen a Bigfoot dog, man, whatever? Well, for, first of all, you're out there, like you said, looking for it, you know, and you, you've, you may have just had a chance encounter with a dog, man, which happens. But it's also very telling that you've had alien abduction experiences since you were a very young man. Um, and, and back to that real quick, I have a question about this and I'm curious when this thing was going on with the Rendlesham and you, you, you saw a, a UFO coming towards you as a small child. Um, yeah. do you think that that was the beginning of it right there? Like maybe they saw you, you saw them, there was a connection and then boom, you became an abductee or <clears throat> was that the beginning of it? Or do you think that it was like there was a long gap and then it started up or how, how, what, what do you think is going on with that? I think it started happening when I was an infant. Um, my mom would find me outside of my diapers, but the diapers weren't taken apart, you know? And that would happen, you know, growing up too. I would go to bed with, cl with clothes on, wake up, you know, without any. Um, that night, uh, me and my sister were in the room. Um, we were under hypnosis when I was about 12 and she was 14. Uh, psychologist put us under hypnosis to see if you know um, why we were having our issues because I was I having a lot of problems in school and stuff and uh, my sister recalled that night uh, but she remembered the UFO being green uh, the cigar shaped UFO being green and I remembered it and she didn't tell either of us you know the lady what each other had said or even talked about that we even talked about UFOs it was a separate situation, and uh, I remembered it being orange, the cigar-shaped UFO. And thing was, though, when it was coming towards the window, it uh, was familiar, you know? And, yeah, that's literally the same time that the Rendlesham Forest incident happened because my dad was box a boxer on the you know, Air Force uh, uh, squadron. And he, he, I, he, I have a medal 
which I'll send a picture of you on the, it's a boxing medal on the back. It says, uh, Bent Waters Air Force Base, December, 1981 or 1981. Yeah. Literally, literally the, uh, exact month and year that, that Rendlesham happened. That, that is interesting that, because I just, I thought about that and I thought, you know, that, that could have been the beginning because I think there's these triggers that happen and it leads to a, like a lifetime of experiences with people. And I think that that, that is something that gets overlooked a lot too. A lot of researchers and authors and, and podcasters will totally overlook like an entire lifetime of people's experiences just so they could get one little aspect of it. And it doesn't do the whole story justice because, you know, and I understand too, some people like are authors and they just don't have room in their books to, to, cause they're getting into other people's encounters about the subject that they're talking about. But I still think it should at least be mentioned that these people have had other experiences, not just this one thing, you know, because that doesn't, that, that makes people think that there's just this, that that's all separate. There's a separate phenomena going on. And, and of course, I had on my show a guy that uh, worked for for uh, the BFRO, and he was quick to point out that that they throw out any reports that don't fit a certain narrative of a flesh and blood creature. Um, so you know they're throwing out like you know some people estimate like you know forty percent as high as like you know not not quite half of the reports, but about forty percent that. Uh, involve so they, some sort of paranormal. Threw, they threw out mine when I sent mine into them back in 2005. They threw it right out. And well, I was also told by somebody from that organization to send my quote unquote Bigfoot report into them. And I said, I never had a Bigfoot report. So I don't know what you're talking about. And they said, well, you know, your report that happened to you. I was like, and then when they mentioned the location, I'm like, okay, that was not a Bigfoot. And if I sent you the report and said that I saw a Bigfoot, I'd be lying. And then they were like, well, we'd still like you to say, I'm not going to do that because it wasn't a Bigfoot. So I'm not going to do that. That's just something I'm not going to do. Um, you know, and, and I've had more than one group or whatever, like, you know, tell me, uh, you know, somebody asked me about, about the Bigfoot that I saw in a Bigfoot group couple of years ago. And I was like, I never had a Bigfoot encounter. And they said, yes, you did. You just said that it was a werewolf. And then a bunch of people were like, you made a big mistake. It's not. I was like, if you saw what I saw and you were hanging out with the friend that I was hanging out with. And then of course his family too, that saw it after we saw it. Nobody in, in that household. Okay. Said, Hey, we saw a Bigfoot. Everybody across the board right. said we just saw a werewolf because we didn't know what a dog man was. I still think dog man is a silly term. I, I still do. I mean, even though I had a huge uh, uh, conference, uh, successful uh, conference, whatever, it was, I should say, a hugely successful conference, put it that way. We had 400 people show up, which was the capacity. We sold the tickets that we had. You know, um, we probably could have gone bigger, I think, Barton. I don't know. What do you think? Um, but yeah, and, and we had all these, we had a packed house come to, to hear us all talk about it. Um, and, and, and I had a couple of the, I didn't get up on stage and denounce the name, but I had a couple people talk to me and they said, we've heard you say in the past that you don't like the term Bigfoot. I said, you're, it's absolutely my feelings. That's absolutely right. I do not feel because when you say dog man, you're thinking of like a Labrador, 
and a man or something, you know, it's, it's kind of like some silly term, you know, like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit. You know what I mean? And, and people don't know what the heck you're talking about half the time. And it sounds like some sort of circus freak or something, you know, like come and see the amazing dog boy. You know, it's like, that's not what I saw. That's not what these people are seeing. That's not what you saw. Uh, it's, it's, you could tell, I mean, it just, it looks like a freaking werewolf, you know, and people don't want to accept that. They want to believe that it's this flesh and blood species that has somehow evolved or whatever. But back to what you said about St. Christopher. Now, the story, do you know the legend of that, uh, Barton, about St. Christopher? Not really, not not too much. Uh, I've looked into it a little bit, but yeah, go ahead and refresh my mind. Okay. Well, what Jesus was talking about was basically um, – the, this uh, the saint Christopher uh, was a dog-headed uh, creature entity, whatever, and and I even read the reports that supposedly he was a cannibal. Which people say cannibal, they lose it. They use that that term loosely. They, they they'll say anything that eats flesh. They'll be like, oh, this chimpanzee was a cannibal. It ate a man. No, if it's a cannibal, it would be eating its own species, basically. Uh, that's what cannibalism yeah. is, you know, and it's not a man eater. As you could say man eater, but I guess, you know, he was a man eater and he had, he would eat human flesh. He would kill people. And, and so he heard someone preaching about Christ and he began to reflect and think on his own life and the things that he had done and thought, you know, um, this was a very sentient being. And he thought, you know, I, w- I want to be repentant. I want to be saved. I want to be whatever. And so he asked God, uh, you know, he got on his knees and he prayed and he asked God to forgive him. He asked Christ to come into his heart and all this and and, and forgive him. And that God showed mercy or Christ, it depends on the story. There's different versions that he was changed into a man. He went from being this werewolf-looking creature to being a man, and he spent the rest of his days witnessing and being uh, a preacher. Um, and of course, the, the Saint Christopher he drove the snakes out of Ireland and blah blah blah. Uh, there's even a legend that he was responsible for driving the wolves out of, of of Ireland and even the British Isles. There's all these different stories, and he traveled around. He's the traveler's saint. Um, but this is, this is a legend that that's being, that's been told. There's even pictures depicting him with this wolf head. Um, some say that that's an homage of him having actually driven the wolves out or whatever. But I think that the wolves that he supposedly drove out were actually the dogmen. I think that he was very cognizant that they were evil that in his opinion, um, and I think that he, he, he was, you know, he participated in exercising them or, and driving them away from, you know, the, the, the Christians there in the British Isles because he knew that they were not good and that they did kill and eat people. And I think that this, uh, people, if people would read and really take deep dives into these subjects, um, now I have a huge library, um, and, and I've, half of it's like in storage, but I'm talking like a couple thousand books. Now, I sold part of it, but I mean, I have books that are out of print. I got books that are over 100 years old that are out of print. You'll never find them anywhere. But you, you, if you really want, it, want to get the information, there is a thing called uh, Google search. <laughs> and 
DuckDuckGo. There's all these other right. whatever. You can get on there and f- un- unravel the practically half the mysteries of the universe just by doing a deep dive research on it. And people have asked me, like, where did you get your material? I want to see sources. I'm like, no, lazy f- Go get it yourself. Excuse my language. I'm going to have to edit that out. But I'm like, go get it yourself. You know, why Why am I your – I'm not your slave. I'm not, it's not my responsibility to prove to you Go do the research yourself. Take deep dives. And what people will do now, they will go and pick apart what I just said, like they like just when I talked about King Solomon and the Key of Solomon on that episode of all, an Alternate Realities. People were like, well, there's a different version. Of course there is. I said that on the show, that there were half a dozen different versions of it. Okay, now there are different versions of the St. Christopher story. Some of these books go back to like the, the 1800s. Go back and read and research it and read more than one version of it because there are multiple versions of it. Okay. Now, that yep. being said, um, I think, I think uh, Jesus, you're very well read. You're very well versed and re- you have done your research. You know, when you were talking about St. Christopher, that struck a chord with me because I used to have a St. Christopher pendant. Um, and when I first stumbled across the whole legend of St. Christopher, uh, I did do deep dives on when, when someone had mentioned that he was once a cynocephali. Um, and then I went down the rabbit hole on that one, which was a dog headed race of beings that some of them had lived uh, amongst the Celts and that they had been there since the early days of the Pict people. Uh, the Romans had, in, had encountered them and they were also one of the reasons for Hadrian's Wall because the Scottish, uh, which would be the Scots now, they were the northern Celts at that time, um, but they were uh, aggressive, violent tribes and that they were shapeshifters too, and they could become these creatures. And then there were some that were like that all the time. Why that was or how that came up, I don't know. You can go and research all these different Roman stories, and then you can go and research all these different stories. Um, like, for example, Queen Boudicca, you know, she was a Celt. Um, and she often would, would go into battle fighting nude. Well, I mentioned that one time and this one woman just went off on me. She's like, Oh, just cause she's a woman. She's out there running around like a naked savage. And I'm like, yeah, she was, she really did. And, and the, the Romans, you know, were like, who's this crazy woman running at us? But it wasn't just her. It was the entire tribe. They would strip down and paint themselves blue and eat mushrooms and go crazy. And they, and this stuff really happened. And if you do a little research, instead of just jumping down the throat of the person that's trying to teach you something, then we could probably get a little further along. But yeah, that's the story of St. Christopher. And it's unfortunate that I have to go through this whole diatribe because that's, you know, you will get attacked if because people will go and just scratch the surface on part of a story and go, that's not what it did. I, I read something different. Well, because there's 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 different versions of it, you know. But that's the gist of it. That's what St. Christopher is or was. And supposedly, and then there's a lot of people say that's oh, it's allegorical. He wasn't really, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think he was. I honestly, in my opinion, I think he was. And I've, I know people will say, you want to believe that, so that's why you believe it. Well, so be it. That's what I want to believe, and so that's what I believe. And I think that there was a race, like you said, uh, Jesus, about uh, these this race of dog-headed men. I have my own uh, version of, of how they came to be. Um, I think that they were created, you know, um, but and then they 
kind of stuck around. I think they were used by the Anunnaki as Stargate guardians, and that's why they're found near cemeteries. And now I had my guest on, Craig Woolheater. He came on my show uh, this past Tuesday as of the recording of this. This is actually the day after that show. So when this releases, it'll probably be, you know, further into the future, whatever. Um, like this should probably come out in early October when, if you're listening to this. Uh, so what, what happened with Craig, he, he, he is an aper, so to speak, but he also admitted that it's, they, that the Bigfoot does very odd things and that they're found near cemeteries. Well, so are dogmen. And I think it's because of their etheric nature. What it is, is that they were guardians of these and they would come in and out of these portals, stargates, whatever. And I believe it was with Jessica Jones, Barton, that we talked about the slight differences between a vortex, a portal, um, and a stargate. I believe it was with her we talked right. about that. And right, so, it was. yeah, it was, right? So, so anyways, th- there are supposedly differences of it. And, like, I don't know that that's the truth. I just know that that's what a lot of different people have said. In particular, ghost hunters will point out that a vortex is very different from a portal. Um, because I was told by two different ghost hunters and three different psychics that I had a vortex in my old house. They didn't, they, they even said that it was not a portal. It was a, it was different. It was like a super highway type thing. Um, but these, uh, creatures, I think that they were set there by the Anunnaki to do that. And I, and that, that's just my opinion and people can take for my nickels worth of opinion, whatever it's worth, if it's worth a fresh bucket of hamster vomit to them or whatever, I don't really care. This is what I'm just saying. I'm postulating on this, but Jesus has a very, uh, um, uh, you know, that's that's very good that you brought that up about Chris, Saint Christopher. Um, and in your opinion, going to you, uh, Jesus, do you believe the the story of Saint Christopher that he was a dog-headed uh, person? Yeah, I, I I do believe that, and I I don't. A version I heard was that. The, once they started changing the story that he turned into a human, uh, it was because uh, so much time had passed in history and those beings had been, quote-unquote, eradicated. Um, I think they got pushed into the forest and places where we don't go. But, uh, yeah, that it was just done for uh, appeasing the masses and because they've been erasing our history and our memory, you could say, of many of the beings. So that was part of, of the, them erasing that history is from that point forward, they just started they started showing St. Christopher as a human, with a human head. And you mentioned the Anunnaki. Um, so you, you've re- have you re- you've read uh, Zechariah Sitchin? Yeah, I have all of his books. And, and, of course, Von Daniken, you know, he's another one. And, and I've gone down the rabbit hole with all of those um, different authors. Um, I don't necessarily subscribe 100% to what they espouse, but I do believe that there has been ample evidence of giants and the Nephilim. I believe the Genesis 6 and Enoch, I believe, is the long version of that. And that's a whole nother ball of wax and realm, you know, um, which, you know, we don't really have time for tonight. But yeah, definitely. Uh, do you subscribe to the Nephilim idea? Um, no, I, I I believe that that's all part of it, and why I don't uh, I no longer believe uh, aliens are aliens anymore. I used to believe that they were aliens. I don't believe that anymore now. And uh, it, 
it to me it makes a lot more sense now. Things make a lot more sense mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of different things. I, I, there is a book, excuse me, but um, I wanted to recommend a book for you guys to 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 read. Okay, um, you're familiar with Jacques Valle? Mm, I don't believe so. No. Okay, well, try to remember that name, Jacques Valle. Okay, um, V A L L E, and okay, he wrote the book. About the, the, uh, the UFO author. Jacques Vallée. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jacques, Jacques Vallée. Vallée. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm familiar with you. Double L I C is a Y. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, he wrote a book called Passport to Magonia. Okay. Right. Read it. Oh, you've read that one, so you know what I'm talking oh, well, about. Decades ago. Yeah. Decades yeah, that's a very old book. Yeah, and uh, it just I really love what it uh, it teaches because. Um, I believe in the same thing that we're dealing with the same things over and over and over in each different era that we, we live in. We're calling these specific individuals just different names. It's the same scenario situation happening over and over. And they've always been around, you know, as long as we can remember. But, uh, yeah, each different uh, generation or, you know, century, uh, yeah, call it a different thing, you know? And I think that's really important what we're discovering today. We've just been renaming things that have been around for a long, long time. And unfortunately, the powers that be are trying to take advantage of uh, what they've, you know, erased in our memory as a a civilization and uh, pushing different narratives, trying to get us to believe certain things about these strange happenings and beings yeah Yeah. Yeah, absolutely you're you're completely right about that and you you were talking about ancient civilizations we've risen and fallen multiple times i've talked about that on my show multiple times i'm sure some people are sick of me of hearing about it but it's just it's the truth that is what has happened and history has been whitewashed and slapped together and changed and twisted and me and barton were talking about that earlier we're talking about how history has just been completely shellacked into something that is not, right. it's just not what it, you know, I see, cause I was, I was going to be, I wanted to be a history teacher and I had, you know, a teacher and a professor both tell me you will not be allowed to teach the way that you want to teach. You have this fervor and both of them said the same thing. They're like, we get it, you know, or they each said, I get it. You know, they're like, I get it. You, 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 you really want to teach and you want people to learn or whatever, and they were just like, but you're not going to be able to tell the history the way you're wanting to tell it. They're like, you see real history, but you're not going to be able to tell it like that because there is, the curriculum is designed for indoctrination. It's not designed for the truth. So when you get three guys like us together talking about this stuff and we're we're spitting out truth, um, some people are going to cringe and some people are going to jump for joy and others are going to gnash their teeth and be, you know, and some people are just going to be like, Oh, that's, you know, whatever. But the truth is the truth. And whether it makes you feel uncomfortable or not, doesn't change what it is. And you can scream, you know, whatever until your butt bleeds. It doesn't change it. You know, it's going to be what it is. And, uh, but Jesus, I tell you right now, it, it was great, uh, talking to you. Um, we got to wrap it up, but yeah. dude, man, you 
were an awesome guest and I, the, the fans are, are, are going to, are hopefully going to love this. And, um, where can we reach you at? T- tell the fans where they can find you to, to hear more of, of you, from you. Well, the best place is my uh, YouTube channel, breaking Bigfoot. If you go to, uh, the playlists, okay. Um, I have a playlist of interviews. So a ton of my interviews that I've done on whatever they decided to interview me for, maybe movies, TV, paranormal, Bigfoot, Gold, whatever, um, it's on there on that playlist. And I try to link, you know, all the different interviews I do there. Uh, but if you go to the actual videos, you'll find over 70 videos, uh, of my research in Bigfoot. And there's some, some of my UFO footage stuff and, yeah, so that'd be the best place. And in the uh, description of the video, each video is an email address um, that you can uh, write me to if you want to reach out and uh, tell me, you know, a story, or an encounter, or got a question, any of that stuff. You can uh, find it there in the description in, any, in all my videos. That's awesome. And uh, of course, yeah. go back and check him out. Breaking Bad. And uh, Better Call Saul, pretty good show. I used to really like that, but I never, I didn't ever get to finish. I never get to finish shows. I did actually get to finish Breaking Bad. I was like determined that one was epic. But I, I, I'm so busy. People, people tell me about a show, and I'm like, oh yeah, and I'll, I'll watch three episodes, and then my wife's like, you can't stay awake because I'm in a business, and I'm constantly dealing with with uh, with my show, so I don't have time. But uh, I'm going to go check out some of your stuff. And if you could sit, hit me up and send me some of those videos, yeah, I'd love too. to check them out. Yeah. Cause me and Barton are, are definitely, we're not just doing this, you know, to be on, on the internets, you know, we're doing it because we're serious researchers and we want to, to uncover, you know, uh, what's going on. And so we appreciate you coming right. on. We um, want it, the truth. Yeah. What was, we want. Yep. It was nice having you. And, and so for everyone here at PRT paranormal Roundtable. Uh, for me, uh, Josh Turner, Barton Nunley, Jesus Payon, St. Christopher, whoever, you know, Bigfoot, Dogman, whatever. Uh, good night. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. <laughs>